goaltending, team chemistry, and a possible coaching change. What are some of your concerns for the New Jersey Devils? I address it on today's episode. We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils, and I still don't think the Devils are a bad team. Where am I going at with this? Buckle up and find out. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils are for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. I hope you guys had a safe and relaxing Christmas with your family, friends, and loved ones. I know I had a great time opening presents around the tree with my family. Got this awesome Devils jacket. I can't wait to rock it, but maybe for the stadium series or something like that. But Christmas break is now over. It is back to business. And today was a bit of a slow news day because obviously nothing has happened the last couple days when this episode goes live. The New Jersey Devils are set to take on the Columbus Blue Jackets. And by the time you're listening to this episode, I might be making my way to Newark, New Jersey to cover the game. But I wanted to get you guys involved in the episode somehow because, once again, nothing really to cover for the time being. Rosters are still frozen until December 28th. And back in spring, I did a two-part episode on addressing your concerns. And it actually did somewhat decent. So I decided to bring it back and... I'm definitely going to do this a few times more throughout the course of the season. So I put out on the X app this question, which is, what are some of your concerns for the Devils as we approach the halfway mark? Because we're not quite there, but after Christmas break, this is where uh, the stretch drive for midseason really starts to kick in because now you really got to try to weather the storm if you're struggling. If you're on the outside looking in, that starts to become a little bit more stressful if you're a team like the Devils, especially in a tight division. So I read each and every one of your guys' responses, and there was a lot of similar answers. And I decided to get the party started with my personal concern. Now, uh, some of the concerns that you guys brought up, I probably have similar concerns, but I wanted to be just a little bit different because I don't want to copycat anyone. So let's start off with the first concern that I have for the Devils, which is their sense of urgency. Now, this comes to a surprise for me because – during the course of preseason, I saw the Devils come out with a lot of energy. I call, I saw them come out on a mission. I saw them dominate from start to finish the entire 60. Now, albeit some players were resting, some players weren't participating, but you still saw like the battle and the, the desire to try to win those games, even if they didn't count for anything. And the, the proof was in the pudding because the Devils finished – preseason undefeated and that definitely gave a lot of the devil's discourse a lot of hope but come the first game of the year against the Detroit Red Wings they came a little rusty they still won the game but you were just like okay that's not the style play that the devils are accustomed to maybe they they just need to dust off the cobwebs but a week or two goes by and you start to see that the devils just aren't as dominant as they were last year. And once again, we're close to the halfway mark of the season. And the fact that we're still having this discussion in terms of the Devils just not coming out with full amount of effort or them just not playing the entire 60, that personally concerns me because 
if you've been listening to a few of the post-game interviews, you could just hear some of the players say that they just weren't ready to play that particular game. So I look back at the first time that the Devils played against the Blue Jackets, I think to the San Jose Sharks game, I think to the Anaheim Ducks game. I'm sure there's a lot of excuses that you could put out there for Devils because I know that the Sharks and the Ducks game came at the hands of back-to-back games. And we know that the Devils tend to struggle with back-to-back uh, matchups. But the thing is, is like when you look towards the end of the season and you barely just missed the playoffs, you're going to look back at those games saying that the Devils really should have at least gotten a point because let's just say that the Devils hypothetically do lose those games, but in OT, so they still get a point. So instead of them being on the outside looking in, they're just on the inside of the playoff picture because they have three extra points. So my thing is, is like the Devils cannot just continue to say like, they didn't uh, come prepared. They didn't come ready because it's something that I've been hearing from Lindy Ruff. It's something I've been hearing from the players. And in fact, if you guys listen to one of my latest episodes, that was one of the questions that was asked to Timo Meyer. I'm like, okay, we're in late December. We're past the Christmas period. We're about to enter a new year in 2024. You got to start coming out with a sense of urgency and you got to play the entire 60. You got to play with a sense of uh, pride because you cannot just come lackadaisical into period number one and decide to pick it up in period three. Because if I said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Sometimes it could be too little, too late. So when looking at the Metropolitan Division, it's one of the tightest divisions in the entire NHL because it's still anybody's game. The only team that has a decent amount of point separation is the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are currently in last place. So the Devils are two points ahead of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now, the Penguins lost their more recent matchup, but if the Penguins go on a three-game win streak and the Devils go on a three-game losing streak, God forbid, then the Devils, don't look now, are second to last in the Metro, believe it or not. So that's my first concern with the Devils, which is you got to play the entire 60 and you got to come out with a sense of urgency from start to finish, especially where you're positioned in the Metro. Now, one of the biggest concerns that's been very evident throughout the Devils' discourse is the goaltending. And I'll be honest with you guys, that's also one of my main concerns. So when looking at the Devils' goaltending situation, their 1A and their 1B is Vitek Vancek and Akira Schmidt. Statistic-wise, so far this season, Vitek Vancek, he has appeared in 21 games. He has a record of 12-6-1. He has a goals against average of 3.28, a save percentage of 884. And for Akira Schmidt, he has appeared in 13 games. He has a record of 5-7-1. He has a goals against average of 3.26 and a save percentage of 893. So not exactly elite goaltending for the Devils. And it's hard for Lindy Ruff to pick a goalie to start against big-time matchups because sometimes Akira Schmidt, he could be hot when Vitek Vanacek is ice cold or vice versa. You don't know who to put out there. And come playoff time, who's going to be the goalie that's going to lead you to four wins out of seven so that way you can make it out of the first round and you could try to maybe squeak your way past the second round because I'm sure the Devils want to take a few steps forward compared to last year, but it's hard with this goaltending tandem. Now, during the course of the summer, I said that I had a lot of faith in Akira and Vitek, but if you were to tell me what I know now during the summer, I would have said, hell yeah, Devils need to trade for a better goalie and they need to be a little bit more patient with Akira Schmidt because I think one of the downfalls for Akira this year, and this might be a hot take, but this is something that I'm basing off of last year, which is Akira doesn't have the benefit of playing in Utica and trying to fix his mistakes down there. Because if you guys recall, Mackenzie Blackwood, 
he got hurt a couple times throughout the course of the year, which forced the Devils to bring up Akira Schmidt. But remember, it's hard to carry three goalies on an NHL roster because you can only dress two goalies per game. So when McKenzie would return from injury, Akira, unfortunately, was the odd man out, and he was sent down to Utica because he's still in the middle of his entry-level contract. So he could be sent down with no repercussion. And I think being sent down to Utica for Akira was the best thing to happen for him because I think it's a similar circumstance for Alexander Holtz, which, which is Kevin Deneen. He holds those players to a much longer leash. So Alexander Holtz, Akira Schmidt, they can make mistakes in Utica, learn from it, and try to repair it at the NHL level. And I think that's what Akira did last year. That's my two-cent opinion on the matter because Akira Schmidt, he was really good for the Devils last year. He surprised a lot of people, and he was a goalie that the Devils relied on in round one of the playoffs against the New York Rangers. And he was my personal MVP for that series because he didn't come out of nowhere for the Devils discourse, but he came out of nowhere for a lot of NHL fans because people weren't really familiar with his game. And I think, unfortunately, with Akira being now a full-time player on the Devils roster, he doesn't have the benefit of being sent down to Utica to learn from his mistakes, make those mistakes, and be held to a longer leash and try to learn and repair it before he gets brought back up to the NHL. Now, Akira can still be sent back down to Utica because he's still in the midst of his entry-level contract. However, given the options in Utica, with the exception of Isaac Poulter, which I don't think the Devils are going to entrust him with a backup role for the time being, uh, there's really no choice but to leave Akira at the NHL level. Now, a lot of people are wondering, what's the future for the Devils goaltending? Well, the thing is, is I think one of the main priorities for Tom Fitzgerald and company is to try to make a splashy trade before the trade deadline. But for right now, rosters are frozen until December 28th. Well, I guess tomorrow until when this episode goes live. Look at the date right now. I lose track of my dates uh, quite frequently. But digressing a little bit, I think that's something that Tom Fitzgerald is definitely trying to hammer on home. Now, the question is, who do you trade for? I, I hear that Elvis Merzlinkins of the Blue Jackets might be available for the taking, or one of the bigger target points is John Gibson. But the problem is, is that the goalie market is so spread thin, and the Devils trade value in Akira Schmid and also Vitek Vancek, it's not really high for the time being. So are you going to have some buyers that are willing to take on Probably Vitek Vanacek, uh, if we're talking about trading for a suitable goalie, I don't really know because I said if I'm the Ducks GM and if I want to give you John Gibson, who's been one of the brighter spots for the Ducks, a, an organization that's had a cloud over their franchise the last few years, I don't think I would put my eggs in the basket for Vitek Vanacek because there's no guarantee that he's going to be that option for the Ducks moving forward. So my thing is like, it's way easier said than done. And Tom Fitzgerald is going to have to get somewhat unique. And once again, with the market being so thin for goalies, goalies are aware that they kind of have the ball in their court or the puck in their court, if you would, because it's just like they can try to negotiate for a higher price. It's one of the reasons why I said that the Devils should probably avoid Connor Hellebuck before Connor Hellebuck surprisingly re-signed his lengthy extension with the Winnipeg Jets. He's not going to come at a cheap penny, especially since he's on an expiring contract. So 
uh, I think he was projected to make like $8 million per season, one season unrestricted free agent. And my thing is like, despite uh, the salary cap uh, uh, slated to go up in the NHL, the Devils still have some pieces that will need contract extensions. So I said, notably Dawson Mercer, they got tired to fully during the off season. Once their entry level contracts are up, Shimon Nemetz and Luke Hughes, they're going to need new contracts. So I said, that would sort of be the risk of getting Connor Hellebuck. But if the Devils were in a must-win scenario, if their window was just closing, if Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, and Jesper Bratt were up there in age on the other side of their better days, then I would be like, yeah, go for Hellebuck because this might be your last chance to win a Stanley Cup. But the thing is, is like the Devils' time is their friend. They have some time to try to put together a Stanley Cup roster, and their young core is, well, young. They they have some time. So – that's my thing, which is, will the Devils win the Stanley Cup this year? I would say most likely no, but I still think they're a playoff team. They just got to try to find that next step because with Vitek Vancek and Akira Schmidt, you're absolutely right. That's not going to be the goaltending tandem to lead you to a Stanley Cup. That's my personal opinion. But in terms of your concerns, it's very valid. But the thing is, is like I say that the trade market, it's kind of thin. And the thing for Vitek Vancek and Akira Schmidt, their stock not really high for the time being. So I get it. Goaltending is definitely a concern on my end as well, but it's not an easy fix. And speaking of easy fixes, we're also going to talk about the chemistry for the Devils because that's also a very big concern amongst the Devils discourse. Now, before we continue, I want you guys to win some big money. So I'm going to lead you over to FanDuel because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with winning any $5 money line bet. Because as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over and unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. All right. Uh, another concern that some of you have brought up is the cohesiveness of this Devils team. So their chemistry. Now, before I give my thoughts on the matter, let me list you some players that have dealt with injuries. So these are players that have missed at least a game during the regular season so far, and it might factor into their unestablished chemistry. So I might be missing some names, but here's some that come off the head, which is Eric Halla, Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes, Curtis Lazar, Timo Meyer, Tomas Nosek, and Dougie Hamilton. So I just listed, what, like seven players that have been dealing with injury this year and have missed some time. So I get it. Like, chemistry is definitely a big concern for some of the Devils' discourse. But the thing is, is like, the Devils have been dealing with a lot more injuries this year because out of Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer, and Jack Hughes last season – the person who missed the most games was Jack Hughes, and he only missed, like, what, four games? I think Dougie Hamilton, he played in a majority of the games, but towards the end of the season, he started to deal with a wrist injury, and that affected his game during the course of the playoffs. But the point is, is, like, the difference from this year and last year is that the Devils are dealing with injuries. So fun fact for you guys, uh, after the 2021-2022 season, when you look at the original uh, trio of Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, and also Mackenzie Blackwood, with all three of them on the rink, they suited up in less than 20% of the potential games that could have been played. 
And that was very clear because during the 2001-2022 season, sometimes those guys weren't on the ring together, and that made it hard for the Devils to win consistently. And unfortunately, that's just the hand that's being uh, fed to them for a time being because I remember the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They were missing Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, and also Timo Meyer. That's when he started to deal with his injury, and the Devils came away with an upset victory, but it still doesn't take away from the fact that it's really hard to have that chemistry when one person seems to be going on the injured list while the other one is coming off of it. So when Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer came back, Timo Meyer was still out with his injury. Or I remember during American Thanksgiving time, when Nico Heischer came back from his injury, specifically Dougie Hamilton, it was revealed that he tore his left pectoral muscle. He needed surgery. And now he's out for an extended period of time. So the devils are just having to like play devil's advocate, no pun intended, when it comes to dealing with injuries, that's why they called up Shimon the Mets, because I think the plan for Shimon was to keep him in Utica for this year so that way he could get more accustomed to North American hockey. But change of plans, Dougie Hamilton, he's out for most likely an extended period of time, most likely until springtime. So we're talking about like April, May, maybe out for the season, depending on how this year goes for the Devils. So Shimon the Mets, you're, you're ahead of the schedule now, buddy. Welcome to the NHL. But the thing is, is like, Establishing chemistry is not easy. And sometimes like you could be the best of friends outside the rink, but when you're paired on the same line, sometimes it just doesn't work. And right now there's no better example than Timo Meyer, a really good player, but where do you slide them in? And I think for the time being, they got something special with Timo Meyer being paired alongside Michael McLeod because Michael McLeod plays a physical game similar to Timo Meyer and Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer might be a little too fast for Meyer to keep up for a time being, because remember, Meyer is still trying to recover from his injury that also involves his skating abilities. So that might also play a factor. So in terms of the chemistry and your overall concern for it, I would just say you got to give it some more time. It's starting to come back. Don't want to jump the gun on anything, but I can understand the concern. But unfortunately, chemistry, no pun intended once again, but it's not an easy science. It's very complicated. There's a lot of factors that play into it and unfortunately the biggest factor for devils is that they've been dealing with a lot more injuries this year so it's hard to establish that chemistry when a lot of your players go on and off the the injured list or scratched or whatever the case might be but i think the devils are starting to get back to it a little bit more okay before we close it out uh, on another big topic that i seem to always talk about and i always save it for the third and final segment because i'm getting tired of repeating myself but before we talk about that said topic and it involves the, the coach, let me tell you guys about game time because maybe you want to sit behind the coach at an upcoming Devils game. So here's why I like the game time app. Last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Views from all seats in the venue, lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. So game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last-minute seats. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Okay. Uh, one of the concerns that a lot of people have, and some people were short and simple to it. Some people provided some details to it. But 
the uh, another big concern amongst the devil's discourse is Lindy Ruff. Now, I guess I have some new information regarding Lindy Ruff because I've been talking to a few people, but the thing about Lindy is that it's a little bit of a thickeny situation because he doesn't have his extension kick in until next season. But before we get into that, it seems like a lot of people like to circle back to Nico Keisher's exit interview from 2022 in which he said no comment regarding a question about Lindy Ruff and his staff and, and whether or not he wants to see them return. Now, I found that soundbite, and I want to play it for you guys. And shout out to Christy Flannery of the Hockey News for asking this because I can recognize her voice. But uh, here's what uh, Nico had to say back in May 2022 regarding Lindy Ruff and his staff. Take a listen. Do you Would you like to see Lindy Ruff and his staff back next season? And what have you liked about what they've done for the team the past couple of seasons? Our coaching staff has, has lots of experience. They uh, work with us every day, like I said. They did a good job uh, giving us those uh, experience they have. And, uh, yeah, and, and, and the other other uh, and the other question, like I said, uh, I'm, I'm not going to comment on that. Now, before I get my thoughts on the matter, I know a lot of people like to speculate. A lot of people like to create their own thoughts. But I was at exit interviews this past season a few months back. Here's what Nico had to say about Lindy Ruff then, specifically just Lindy Ruff, not just the coaching staff. Take a listen. How, how has Lindy uh, helped this team? Um, because obviously uh, going into the year, a lot of people were uh, writing you guys off, and obviously you guys were able to finish second in the Metropolitan Division and reach the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on uh, Lindy Ruff's uh, leadership. Um, great. I mean, what he's done for us, it's been, uh, he's been really patient with us. Uh, he obviously knows, like, he's so much experience. He knows uh, a lot of things we don't do. So uh, he definitely could all help us out in, in, in uh, certain areas on the ice, but also, like, as a person. Because, uh, I mean, he's been through so much, especially even in this sport. And, uh, just the knowledge he has, uh, it's, it's something that we, we can really take from him. And, and we, we I talked about Lindy and everything. His contract is expiring as well. As I know it's not your decision, but is he, is he someone that you'd like to see come back? I mean, we had a great year, right? So, I mean, it's, it's done a good job. So uh, I think he deserved it for sure. Okay, so here are my thoughts. Let's go back to his exit interview from May 2022. I think a lot of people are taking that out of context because – if you guys recall, um, I said I, I remember doing an episode about this. I said one or two things were going to happen. One, either Lindy Ruff was going to be fired, which I felt like was unlikely because I don't think it was fair to judge Lindy Ruff because at that point, the, this was when uh, the NHL was dealing with their COVID situation for two seasons. So obviously you had the 2021-56 game uh, shortened schedule. And then the very next year, especially the first half of the year, there were a lot of COVID procedures that affected the scheduling, affected the players, and basically it derailed a lot of teams. And unfortunately, the Devils were one of those teams. So I was just like, look, with the COVID circumstances, with the injury circumstances, like I said a while back in this episode, I felt like it was unfair to gauge Lindy Ruff from those two specific seasons. I said, you need to give him at least one more chance when the 
COVID restrictions would lighten up when his team is fully healthy. Let's see where they can go. And they went to the second round of the playoffs. Now, going back to what Nico said, if you guys remember, because I, like I said, I did an episode regarding the subject. I said that I, I felt like either Lindy Ruff was going to be fired or his staff was going to be fired. And it was later revealed that Mark Recchi was fired by the Devils. He was the power play coach for New Jersey. And Alon Nazardine, who was the only assistant coach from the John Hines period before Lindy Ruff to stick behind the bench, he his contract was not renewed. The Devils did not fire him. They just said, we're not going to give you a new contract. So I, I felt like the staff was also in jeopardy because they need to give Lindy Ruff a fresh set of coaches behind the bench to just help him out a little bit more. So I think that's what Nico was referring to, which was he knew that a change was pending, but he wasn't sure like if it was going to be like Lindy Ruff or his coaching staff. And I don't want to put words into his mouth. This is just pure speculation on my end, but I think he knew something and he just didn't want to like speak on it. And he took the smart approach, which was, he said, no comment. Unfortunately, sometimes saying no comment can lead to a lot of uh, other uh, headlines. And I just said, I think people are taking it out of context. So I always said that if the players wanted Lindy Ruff gone, he'd be gone by now. Like if Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Jesper Brad, if all those players said that they did not like Lindy Ruff, he'd be gone. But every single player, especially during the exit interviews just a few months back, they vouched for Lindy. And the thing is, is like, look, I know sometimes a coaching change can help a team. So I remember the Edmonton Oilers, they got a new head coach and they went on like what a lengthy win streak and they've been struggling as of late, but it seems like they're getting out of the gutter just a little bit more, but look at the Ottawa Senators. They made a coaching change and it doesn't seem like they've gotten any better either. So a coaching change is not going to instantly help the devils. I'm just putting that out there. And for any of you who are saying like Andrew Burnett, you're dearly missed. Look, I love Andrew Burnett and I'm wishing him the best of luck in Nashville, but it's not like he was calling the shots defensively. He was a power play coach and the devils had a very mediocre power play. Now you look at Travis green and the Devils have one of the top power plays in the entire NHL. They've been struggling as of late, but just putting that into perspective. So my thing is, like, I think Lindy Ruff and his job security is safe for the most part. But the thing is, if the Devils go on, like, a 10-game losing streak, then maybe you do have to maybe buy him out of his contract. But we don't really know how that circumstance would work. I've been asking some people, but the answer is the same, which is they don't know how that circumstance would hypothetically work. because. He still has uh, an option for this year that he's exercising from his original deal and his extension doesn't kick in until next year. And we don't know the length of the extension. I'm guessing anywhere from two to three years because he is up there in age and maybe he wants uh, some wiggle room to work with in case he decides to retire. I don't really know, but that's just another circumstance you got to you gotta factor in. My educated guess, they would have to buy him out of his contract and that could be a little pricey if you know what I mean. So. My thing is, like, I still have faith in Lindy Ruff. And going forward, the Devils aren't exactly terrible. So if we look at the Metropolitan Division, at the time it's recording, the Devils are currently sixth in the division, and they have 36 points. So they're two points behind the Hurricanes, they're three points behind the Capitals, and they're four points uh, behind the Flyers. The Flyers are on a two-game losing streak. Capitals and Hurricanes both lost their more recent games. So I'm just like, if the Devils can just pick up a few more wins here and there, then I think uh, all will be well for them because they got to play the the Blue Jackets and then 
Their next game is going to be the Senators. So I, like I said a while back, no win is a guaranteed win for the Devils at this point. They still got to earn it back. But I think those are games in which the Devils are the favorites. So maybe they can rack up a couple more points here and there. And it seems like every team in the Metro has been taking their game in OT and they've been racking up a point either or. But I'm just hoping that uh, like the Flyers, Capitals and Hurricanes, they lose in regulation in their next matchups. I don't know who they'd be playing. I'm just speaking willy nilly at this point. But but going back on track, I'm just like the Devils are not a bad team. They're still a few points out of a playoff position. So I get it. They're not as dominant as they were last year, but make no mistake. The devils are not like a pushover. They're not a bad team. They're just not as good as they were last year. And that was to be expected. Last year was a historic season for New Jersey. And it's hard to top that because it's a historic season for a reason. So we're talking about, they had the most wins in franchise history. And this is an organization that has won three Stanley cups and has had some legendary players come in and out of their organization. You got someone like Martin Brodeur, Scott Stevens, Scott Niedermeyer, all Hall of Famers who have played for this organization. It's bound to happen, guys. Like, the, unfortunately, that's just how it is. And teams are starting to figure them out a little bit more. But they're still not a bad team. I just think that the Metropolitan Division is really tight. And it could be worse. So, like, let's go out west for a second. Let's look at the Pacific Division. Right now, there's a three-headed monster in the Pacific Division. You got the Canucks, Golden Knights, and Kings. All of them have 40-plus points, and the Canucks are currently leading the NHL in points with 49. And then behind the Kings are the Calgary Flames, nearly nine points back. So it's just like it could be worse. The Devils are just in a tight division where it's anybody's game up to this point. It's nuts right now. So it's not like the Pacific Division where the Devils are basically just going to have to try to claw their way back. They're they're not like the Oilers where they got off to a slow start and now there's so many points behind that they're going to need a miracle to catch up to the teams ahead of them. No, they can go on like a five-game win streak and they'll be right there with the Rangers if my math is correct. So my thing is like the Devils, they're still a good team and let's not overreact to this point. Still plenty of season to be played. Right now, they played 32 games. They're nine games away from the halfway point. They still have 50 more games to be played, and maybe the Devils have flipped the switch. I don't know, but they got to start winning more consistently, and the games that they're supposed to win, they got to win those games. You can't just win against the Boston Bruins and be satisfied with it and then go on a three-game losing streak. That's going to kill you. So I get the concerns for Devils, and trust me, I have my fair share of concerns, but I still think at the end of the day, the Devils are a good team. So let me know what you guys think, and maybe I'll do a part two in the near future. So if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment down below. What are some of your concerns for the Devils, and how do you hope that they resolve it? Or if you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my personal X app, at TreyMap4, or the show's X app, at LockedOnDevils. As for this episode, that's all the time I have for you, so continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. If you see me lingering around the Prudential Center uh, during intermission or pregame, don't be afraid to come by and say hi. Love meeting new people. But I will catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.